Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Hello, everyone. This is Lesson 2 of the Shelter Animal Reiki Association Animal Reiki for Reiki Practitioners class. And I'd like to start tonight with a meditation. So if you can get yourself comfortable, make sure your feet are firmly on the ground. Either you're sitting cross-legged on the ground, that's good. But if you're in the chair, just make sure your feet are touching the floor. And I'll just take a couple deep breaths to get rid of all the tension we might be holding in our body. Breathing in through your nose, pulling that breath down to your belly, and on the out breath, really letting it out. Breathing in through your nose, pulling the breath down to your belly, and on the out breath, releasing all tension and stress you may be holding. And I'd like us to set our intentions so we're open to receive whatever it is that we need most at this moment in time and whatever it is that the animals that come to us need most at this moment in time. I'd also like us to set our intention to be open to receive um, healing for those who need it most right now. And so just take a second and bring people or situations or animals to your mind that may need healing. We'll set our collective intention that all in our thoughts receive healing. I'd like you to slowly breathe in through your nose and pull your breath down into your aura, down into that point in your belly, two finger widths below your belly button. On the out breath, feel that breath pushing out your body and into the space around you. in through your nose, pulling that breath down into your heart, out breath, feeling that breath, that energy, every single pore. Sometimes it helps to imagine that you're breathing in a beautiful golden light, this warm healing light, feel it going down through your body and connecting to your heart. Your hara is your light, your inner, true, original light. It's growing strong and the light pouring out every cell of your body. Each breath in and out, your light grows stronger and stronger. Feel yourself starting part of that light. And beautiful golden feeling. Giving that beautiful light and energy out space around. You breathe in and out. See yourself becoming part of this light. You are the light. There is no physical body. I'd like you to invite an animal into you. An animal from your past. I'd like you to see this animal with your heart. Their heart, see them perfect in every way. No illness, no imbalance in the space created. Only love, passion, joy. Energy of this beautiful, calm wave. Matches the wave of the animal. In this space, we allow our animals to move freely. They can come to us. 
beautiful way is As we start to bring ourselves back, you can keep your animal with you. It's a really beautiful place to have sharing, equalness. Being in your heart and in your mind, you are all one. You are one with your animal. Environment, you are one with the universe. Everything in your world, you are a part of Animals help us to remember this beautiful space. Slowly start to bring yourself back. Whenever you're ready, just take a nice, slow, deep breath. So that was a variation on the Joshin Kokyoho, and um, we'll talk a little bit in a minute about that and about if you, if you had any problems with that meditation. The Japanese meditations are really good for going inward. When we sit in that space and we can focus on our breath and then focus on the energy that we're expanding outward. Even though the energy is going out, it's still us. It's our light, and we're expanding outward. And pretty soon, the more you do this exercise, the more you practice meditation, is you're going to find yourself really becoming part of the energy around you. Pretty soon, you'll start to lose all thought of your physical form, and you'll start to really connect the actual the feeling of the energy. So when we sit with animals, you're going to find that after you practice for a while, that there's almost like a clip when you sit down with them. You can almost feel like your energy shifts and there's shifts and there's this little snap where you two are just completely together in this space. And there is no giving and taking. It's just you're just being together. And that's really ultimately where we want to be with our, our practice and our meditations is in that space of being. And in that space of being, even though we say we have joy, nothing is extreme. It's all very even all very neutral and balanced. And we know from our personal experience that when we are with people, when we are, are sitting next to someone and their energy is calm and balanced, it helps us calm ourselves down. If we're having a stressful day and we sit next to someone or talk to someone who's very calm and can listen and can just be with us, that makes us feel so much better. And that's the biggest gift we can give to the animals is when we can just be in that space with them and just share that space with them. And in that space, even though it feels like you should be doing if you're with a sick animal, in that space, that is when they can truly feel. And it's a beautiful gift to be able to sit with an animal, create that space when they can't create it for themselves because they're either stressed, they're in a shelter situation, or they're sick, or maybe they have some mental and abuse problems that they can't get over, emotional problems. If we can just bring that space of balance to them, and then they can connect to us, they can get relief from their pain, relief from whatever situation is going on. And actually, Michelle, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it. I'm gonna unmute everyone. I'm gonna turn it over to you because um, you had a really interesting experience. God, I hope I can unmute you all. I'm trying not to talk to you. Of course, nothing is unmute. There you go. Um, so, Michelle, I want you to share because you had a really wonderful experience that kind of um, exemplifies this when you had it with your animals and how you created this space and how there was a little bit of discord, not a lot in your family situation with the animals, but what you experienced from your um, homework, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay, great. Thank you. Last week I shared about Lucy the Doberman and her housemate, Buddy the Doberman, had died, and I felt like she was lonely, I was lonely. 
So one of the ways that we thought we would deal with her loneliness is to let her come upstairs and sleep with us at night. Um, but the problem was that the two, our two cats live upstairs and the dogs tend to live downstairs because uh, dogs like to chase the cats. So I decided, and again, this was this summer when I was trying to do this course on my own and I only made it as far as the second lesson. So I decided that I would do this meditation and open the space to Lucy. And she was laying in her bed across the room, didn't move through the entire meditation. And I I actually could feel my, I didn't write about this, but I could feel my hands when I got it in my mind to open and extend the space more buzzing and vibrating in my hands, uh, like the energy was moving. So what I was meditating was so that the cats and the dog could live in harmony, and the cats could be downstairs if they wanted to, and the dog could go upstairs, and the cats wouldn't run out of the bedroom. And it was really amazing. This was a weekend day. Later that afternoon, I took a nap. And I let Lucy come upstairs with me. And while Lucy and I are laying down, one of the cats comes and gets in the bed with us, Daphne, and lays down and takes a nap with us. And that had not happened ever since Lucy was coming upstairs. And that evening, the other cat, Gracie, came and got in bed and slept part of the night with us. Hmm. And it has just really expanded since then because we got the other dog, Roan, that I was talking about, and sometimes he will sleep with us, and sometimes we will have four animals in bed with us mm-hmm. now. <laughs> and we have a king-size bed. Thankfully. <laughs> I know. Isn't that so funny? I, I was thinking that when you shared that, I was like, are you sure you want all those animals in bed? Actually, years ago, we bought the king-size bed intentionally so the Dobermans at that time could sleep with us. Uh, Oh, that's so nice. The other big piece of this is that both cats, Gracie and Daphne, are now coming downstairs more, and Daphne constantly, and she's just, you know, hanging out with everybody like she owns a place. It's really, (laughs) it's like... I, I'm not making that up. <laughs> it was like astounding to see it happen and to see it happen so quickly. I think, and see, I think that that is really, we don't know when we sit with our animals how quickly something is going to happen or how quickly something is going to shift. I mean, it's really up to the animals when they're in that space. Just like us, if, if we're getting a Reiki treatment or someone's sitting with us and we're ill, it's really up to us, you know, whether or not we want to accept what's being offered. And I would think it's such a great sign when the animals, one, accept the offering because that shows you you really are in that space. It's just Mm -hmm. a very wonderful way for us to check in and go, oh, I am getting there. And then to have something like that happen where you had discord before and then you do the meditation and then all of a sudden things shift. And that's really fast. But it must be something like maybe the animals were all ready for it and they needed that extra support to make it happen, to know, to hear it from their mom, hey, it's all going to be well, we're all here together, we're going to coexist, and then they're like, oh, okay, great, that works for me. And now they see, too, like, you know, they probably kind of baby-stepped it, and then it's like, oh, we all get along fine, okay, this is good, we can coexist. Right, yeah, and I have repeated the focus of that meditation several times since then, just to kind of the good energy going. Well, yeah, you want to you want to um, to do that. I mean, you have to do self practice anyway. And even if you're just saying the precepts and laying in bed and just reciting them, just to dedicate that little meditation. And even though you're only reciting the precepts, you know, when you're laying in bed, let's say you recite them three times in the morning and three times at night, then that is a meditation, and you can dedicate that meditation and that that space to the animals and just really let yourself feel what you're saying instead of doing like the rote memorization of the precepts. Really feel the precepts and 
live the precepts and know, okay, those are part of me. And if I live without anger and without worry, and if I can be humble and honest and have compassion for myself and for others, then that's really a beautiful space that you're creating. It's a a perfect space of balance. Um, But it's a play, it's a it's a very simple meditation that's actually very, very powerful. So even if you don't have time to sit and actually like practice the Joshin Kokyoho or practice, you know, the, the next few meditations you're gonna be getting, just say the precepts. And also doing the Joshin Kokyoho, which is your really your foundation meditation, that's really easy to do in bed. And I would practice that you know, I wasn't very good when I first started about having a meditation practice. And sometimes even now, I'm not that great about making time in the morning to do my meditation practice. But at night, it's really wonderful. And in this next lesson three, there's some really wonderful um, self-healing, you know, hand positions you can do. But just to lay there with your hands on your chest or your hands kind of on your neck or on the back of your neck or on your forehead and just say the precepts and do that Joseph with your whole breathing. And just kind of like breathe yourself into mm. relaxation and then fall asleep. That's okay to do. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you want to meditate and fall asleep. But when we're first starting out, we kind of need these, these practices to help us get in that space because it's really foreign to us. And when you're sitting there, it's very hard to do. And that's why it's good to practice on yourself and then go out and sit with the animals and ask for their help, like we talked about before. Make sure that you say, I, I'm new to this, and please help me. And they really will come and help support that image. So thank you so much, Rochelle. I, I'm so glad you shared, shared that because when you shared that in an email, I thought, oh, wow, that is just such a great example of, one, that you're in your practice, that you really are getting to that space, and, two, that things can really shift when, we, when we're open to it and when we create that space for our animals. Yeah. So thank you so much. Sure. Thank um, you. Of course. Um, so, uh, Jennifer, do you want to share? Sure. Um, I had, it was a very challenging week trying to find the time to sit and focus on this. Every time I was sitting down with the animals, they wanted to just come and join me. <laughs> it was a little distracting. <laughs> so I tried probably about five times, and I finally um, got to sit and practice it. And what I liked about the exercise is that um, it, it really focused me on what's inward. So for me, that's where I got the most benefit so far from the practice. Um, so visualizing the, uh, the light going down to the hara and breathing out and extending the space was where I started for the first three times and um, got really hot. <laughs> and I'm way too young for hot flashes yet. <laughs> so I, 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 you know, did what was recommended and, you know, spent some time in that space, uh, slowed down a little bit, practiced a few more times. And, you know, that intense heat and heat coming through, you know, the hands and uh, the energy and adjusting that to my body and also remaining in that space and not getting um, easily distracted when an animal comes up to me. And that's kind of been where I am this week. <laughs> so I, pl- I plan to work on that some more, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been great. I mean, the animals are coming up to me and, and sharing in the space, but trying to maintain in that spot of um, balance without losing the focus. <laughs> well, and you know, it's, it's hard because, like you said, we're just starting. But so one thing I want to say about the physical, um, I'm glad you brought that up about feeling hot. So we have to realize that our bodies have been kind of blocked, you know, and, and we're sitting there in this space. So Franz has this really good um, kind of analogy that he has. It's like the energy in us is like a river. And so right now our river from like your hara to your upper hara, just imagine those three energetic centers, and there's a river flowing through. Right now, our river is filled with rocks and boulders, and only a trickle of energy is going through. But as we mm-hmm. start to remove those rocks and boulders with, you know, the, the precepts or with the breathing or with the visualization, as we do that, then our energy starts to flow. And that can feel, if you've been blocked for so long, that energy can feel hot. It can feel cold. Mm-hmm. It can, you can start to feel vibrations in your body. Um, sometimes you can feel dizzy, you can feel off balance, 
Um, it can even cause headaches and, you know, maybe you start to feel a little nauseous because it is like something new you're introducing to your body when your body's been very closed off. And even though, you know, we come to this practice because we're open or we ha- already have Reiki training, and so we have, but maybe we haven't practiced. So just know that, like, maybe your hands will start tingling. I know my hands tingled a lot when I was first starting, but that's also, it's almost like our mind is on our hands more. So you might mm. feel a lot of tingling or your hands might get really, really hot. Like when you mm-hmm. put them on people, it feels really hot. So just know that that's just your body kind of trying to work this out. Sometimes when you're sitting in meditation with your eyes closed, your body will start to kind of shake a little bit, like you'll get like electric shock. And really it's just the energy trying to get through you and, you know, get that clear energetic flow going. So you have a lot of blocks and obstacles that we're trying to clear away. And that's why it's an everyday practice because every day we have more rocks thrown in our river, right? Because we get in in traffic or people. So you're constantly getting that. And that's why it's good to come back and sit with the animals because the animals, they can get stressed like let's say dogs. You know, the other day my dogs never fight and they got in a fight over food um, which they never do. But it's so funny because they got in a fight, and it was serious, you know, how dogs, it lasts two seconds, and then they were done. And then it's not like they held a grudge or anything, you know, and then they go <laughs> play with each other, and they're happy together. But it's, it's such a great example for us. Like, we want to be in that same space as the animal where we just let things go, and we keep that flow, that beautiful energy flow going so we can be good not only to ourselves, but also to our animals. So the more you do it, the more you're going to, um, it's going to become easier and easier. And if the animals come in, you can slowly pet your dog. Like, you're all here because you're connected to animals and you love animals. And just being with animals is a meditation. You know, people think that meditation is sitting there all cross-legged namaste, and it's not. It's, It's about letting go and just being. So just being with your animals is a meditation in itself. And if you can just practice that breathing and maybe just do five breaths and then build up to ten breaths and then build up to where you're not counting anymore, you're just really breathing in that energetic space. And practice with your animals. Practice matching their breath. I have um, some homework from one of the students that up in Maine and because of her schedule, she can't attend the class that she sends her homework in, so I'm going to read it. And she talks a little bit about that in her homework, too, so we'll talk more about that. But also, we're coming out with, um, Kathleen just wrote a new book called Five Powerful Meditations to Help Heal Your Animals. And I think I mentioned this, and as Reiki, um, as Sarah practitioner members, you're going to be able to teach this meditation class. Um, And I just taught it for the first time the last one days, days ago. And it was it was really wonderful because it's all meditations about visualization. So it's a lot easier to do. But they're all meditations based on the precepts, like do not worry and um, be honest, be humble. And so I think that you're all going to really love this. So we're giving away a free Kindle. This is like totally secret, but I'm telling you guys because I can. So on Animal, it's World Animal Day is next. Sunday, October 4th, and if, you, if you're on our newsletter um, mailing list, you're going to get an email on that Sunday that says, and it's going to have a link to Kindle, and for 24 hours, we're giving away a free Kindle copy of this book, and then also the little, it's just a little pocket book, it's I think $7 on Amazon, so we'll also be selling that, you can get the hard copy too, but for that World Animal Day, we're going to be giving away a electronic copy so if you want it. But it's going to be a really wonderful um, book to use to help yourself kind of get into that meditation space. So if you like to visualize, this is a really wonderful little book to have and to practice meditation in. But again, sitting with our animals and just slowly petting them. Like we don't want to get out of the space by interacting playfully with them. We want them to get used to the fact that when we're in our Reiki space, it's not treat time, it's not dinner time, it's just mm. being time. And so you can definitely pet your animal in just a, a nice rhythmic way and then be sure to just breathe with the animal and share that space with the animal and just try to keep yourself in that space that way. And then when you go to meditate, it might 
living thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So don't feel like you can't, you know, interact with your animals or, or, or make that connection. Okay. So thank you for sharing that. So, um, Jane, I know you're on the call, aren't you? <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I, I know. I Sorry told, for being tardy. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. I told Jennifer and Michelle that I had a really hard problem oh. and I was wondering if other people did too. So we only have you three on the call tonight, and that might be because other people couldn't get on, which oh. sometimes talk to you is that way. And I also feel Mercury retrograde. And then the full moon yesterday, I mean, I think yeah. everything's just kind of crazy <laughs> right now. So, yeah. um, so do, you, do you want to share your homework, Jane? And Sure. Yeah. Um, I've I've had I've had a, a couple of diff- well three actually within the the time frame. Uh, one was out at the shelter, um, and one was here at home. And, and this afternoon, a, a dear friend of mine has recently adopted a a shelter cat that's older. She had had to put. Her one of her two cats down. So she has a, a female at home, at home that's about five, and the female was being lonely and very, very talkative, and so she felt it was time to add a another cat. And um, she was going to get a kitten. She decided on an older cat, a male, and this uh, beautiful cat, he was found living behind a restaurant, so I, they don't think he had ever been in a home, which pretty much <laughs> seems like that's true because all he's done since he got there is hide. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, she happens to be out of town. Her her partner is is here, but he works all day long and. Um, so I I told her that I would go over and just sit and and do my meditation over there this afternoon, oh, which nice. I did, and it was it was quite fascinating. He um, when I opened the back door, he actually poked his head up from the basement to see who it was, and when he saw me, it, he has no idea who I am, so he went back down. So I went into the living room and just sat on the floor and and started the meditation. I probably was into it about, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. I'm not sure. But um, he he came in the room a couple of times but wouldn't get near me. And um, I'm going to say that after about 20, I don't know, between 20 and 25 minutes, um, he actually did come in the room and then come over and uh, sniff my hand. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, then he head-butted my hand. <laughs> oh, so sweet. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, he got down on the floor and kind of rolled around, showed me his tummy and all of that fun stuff. So um, I did that kind of break meditation at that point and just, spoke softly to him, um, and I let him headbutt my hand again, and I, I could kind of pat him on his chin a little bit. And that was about it, and I didn't push it. I just, you know, did that, and, and we kind of interacted. And he, he started making this cooing sound. It wasn't a meow. It was a real interesting cooing type of sound. And I then took one of his toys and, and played with him for a little while. And that was about all we did together. Uh, but it, it was really interesting. I, I, I just, you know, when he headbutted my hand, I have to say I broke meditation. I just couldn't help but giggle. It was just so cute. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's okay, though, because it, I remember when I was at the shelter and I was working with this dog, this other woman and I were, we were offering Reiki and then we started talking after the session, but we were still in that, you know, just you're still in that really kind of calm state. Um, and yeah. the, the dog hadn't gone to sleep during the Reiki section, but we were sitting there talking and, you know, all, all focus is kind of broken. It's not so intense on mm-hmm. the animal anymore. Then mm-hmm. he, she could actually relax and go to sleep. So I think that 
you know, it's okay. We don't want to every single time do that, of course, because we're never going to get in our practice. But I think that that's really good that you were open. And, I mean, he obviously wanted to interact with you. He he liked what was being created, and he he liked the feel of things. And I think it's really wonderful that you, like, followed your instinct. And that's one thing you're going to learn throughout this class is follow your gut on things. If your gut's telling you something, then follow it. There's no right right and wrong, you know. There's Just go with it. And obviously that was the right thing to do because then he really interacted with you. Yeah, I felt at that point he was asking a question, you know, who are you? Uh, And so it was almost, well, it's now time to introduce myself type thing. It was really very, very sweet. I'm going to go back the next next two days tomorrow and and, uh, Wednesday and uh, do the same thing, which I think, I think, you know, that's pretty cool that he came out. I had a fascinating thing happen here at home, too. I mean, my two cats are so used to me. The meditation session wasn't all that significant. Uh, my male cat, whose name is Nico, which is cat in Japanese, oh, yeah. um, came and curled up right with me on the floor there. My my girl, Calico, whose name is Ginky, which means happy in Japanese. Ginky <laughs> um, just kind of stayed where she was, and she lay down and went to sleep, which, you know, I'm sure is indicative too. But the interesting thing was, after I had finished the, the meditative period and everything, and I just kind of continued to sit there, and uh, a f- woman that I have now met spends part of her time in California, part of her time here in Montana. This is Sharon Stevens. You may know her, Leah. She's she's a certified animal Reiki teacher through you all. Uh, okay. She had asked me uh, if I would send, I'm a Reiki master, she had asked if I would send distance healing or distance Reiki to a dog at the shelter where she has been volunteering. Um and when I went into that state and started, you know, doing the symbol and, and sending the distance, uh, Nico immediately got up and left my lap and left the room. <laughs> it was like, if you're going to do that, I'm out here. <laughs> oh, how funny. That is so funny. It was so obvious. It was just really funny. I do have a couple of questions for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found that when I was doing the three-diamond type of meditation and connecting the hara to the heart to the head, I found that I wanted to move my hands almost like with Qigong, with the in-and-out breath. Mm-hmm. I mean... I'm assuming that's okay, but it was just oh, no, very okay. odd. I, mean, I really wanted to the breathing out. I wanted to expand the. You know, it was very strange. It, I, my hands just started going with it. Well, and I think that that again, you know, you have to trust your gut and trust how you feel because you're not really the the whole point of that is to connect kind of your energetic centers. But you know, your hands going out. It's mostly just you can get used to that not having to have your hands on your body. So and I, I think that's beautiful. And it is a Qigong exercise. It's not even a Japanese exercise. Oh, okay. Qigong okay. exercise. So so it could be that maybe part of that, like an extended part of that, is making your hands go out. And intuitively, you know this. So we always encourage everyone to follow your instincts, follow your gut. There is no right and wrong. I mean, who's to say, right? We're studying something that, one, a story brought, you know, over 100 years ago to the West. And two, um, some of these meditations, you know, are over a 1,000 years old. And the, especially the Qigong practices and, like, the Joshin Kokeho, those things, they're very, very old and ancient. So the way we learn them is almost like a game of telephone, right, you know? Mm-hmm. So what instinctively you might feel might be the right way. And and that's how we came, you know, to the conclusion that what Reiki really is is steps for a meditative practice that is really did. Now, of course, Mrs. Takata brought it to the West during the time we were at war with Japan, so it's really understandable why a lot of these Japanese practices were kind of pushed to the wayside yeah. because yeah. you want to make it as least, you know, as 
as little Japanese as possible. But when you look at Asui and what he did and how he would sit with people and they would be healed in his presence, then you know that he, was, he wasn't like going outward to people. He was going inward, but the energy he was creating was very beautiful and healing, and that's what we're trying to do. And so with everything, he, like they, the hands, they, hands-on healing, that's hands-on for ourselves. And we're going to learn in this next um, lesson, there is, it's, the handout is basically about doing um, hands-on Reiki on yourself and then doing Reiki with others if you want to. I don't know if any of you do Reiki with others as a business or just for fun. And then there's a chair treatment in there too. And the chair treatment is really wonderful because Asui believes that all healing came with your, your mind. And so there was really no reason to go down on the body at all. So he taught this chair treatment where all the hand positions are around the head and you, don't, you can touch or not touch the head. But it's how when your mind is healed, then your body will follow. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for you all to try it. That and that's a really fun thing to do with someone else. Like, let's say someone has, a, like, your friend with the the cat thing. If mm-hmm. you can offer her a chair treatment when the cats are in the house and have her just go inward and really focus on doing the chair treatment on her, this is a wonderful way that you could just kind of create that energetic space and invite the animals in to support her, um, and then see where oh. that goes, see how that that turns out. But it's a great thing to do if you're going to go and do treatments with people or animals. Um, just do this simple care treatment, and it's really effective. I mean, when we did the AHVMA conference when Kathleen was a speaker a few years ago, we had a booth, and, you know, we were the Reiki booth, and nobody came by. So it's all, like, trade show stuff, like supplements. Yeah. And, and we had four practitioners, and then Kathleen was speaking, and I was there talk to people, and um, by the end of the first day, we were the most popular booth, and we stayed the most popular booth. We had lines. We had four practitioners, and we had lines. Oh, wow. <laughs> vets and other people, because um, it's, they would come in there, and they'd be like, well, I don't know if it's going to work, but sure, I'll try it, and they all walked away feeling something. I mean, some of the vets cried. One of the guys cried because he mm. felt so horrible about all the animals he had put down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, and it's it's those it's that space you can create a space for someone to really have some peace and go inward and kind of let some things go that they might be holding on to. So it's a really great thing to do, but it's a great thing to do with a person's animal because then the animal can come and go as they please, and the person isn't sure. focused on them, and then you're not focused on them either. So I would encourage you to do that with your friends. Um, who just adopted, and bless her for adopting an older cat, because yes. all people who adopt older animals, I just am so thankful to them, because it's yes. the older ones that always get left in the shelters, so difficult yeah. cases, you know, so thank you so much, and be sure to tell Sharon you said hi. Oh, I will, I will. One more quick question on yeah, the, correct, yeah, of course. the correct sitting, uh, the handout this week. Oh, uh, yeah. Go, go ahead, oh. The size of the correct sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how how important is that? <laughs> it's not important at all. It's not. Okay, it's, good. Because <laughs> I can't do there, it. No, I can't either. I can't do it. <laughs> I think I think it's called meditationbench.com. They have these great little meditation benches that create that position of phaser, but you're sitting on like a little piece of wood, and it's yeah, really comfortable. And yeah. I have that, and that's what I use. But, I mean, again, we're not Japanese. We weren't raised this way, sitting in favor. So it's very hard for us. And my knees are too bad to, like, sit like that for too long. It's really uncomfortable. And the most important thing, I'm glad you brought that up, because the most important thing about us being in our meditation is if we're uncomfortable, then we can't get in that space. Yes. We're thinking right. about our discomfort. So, so, yeah, that's more just like, you know, for your information, this is how they sit when they meditate, and it's called correct sitting. It's not for you, correct sitting, but it's called like the correct sitting yeah. for the Japanese. And so um, really just sitting in a chair with your back straight, the most important thing when you're meditating is just to have that back 
nice and straight so the energy can really flow in and out. If we're hunched over, we're kind of blocking mm-hmm. that flow. So you just want to make sure they're always kind of sitting up straight. And and that doesn't mean you have to have this, you know, amazing posture. Um, you just sit up against the wall or sit up against the chair, and that will help support you so you don't feel um, tired or pressure. But right. this, this next Good. handout, it's, yeah, yeah, you don't have to worry about that, James. Just, Good. That's <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's what everybody, somebody always asks that question. Why do not say this? Like, oh, it's just that way. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thank so, you. Oh, you're welcome. So I'm going to share really quickly um, Emma's story, and then we'll talk a little bit about next week's handout. So Emma lives in Maine, and she just moved into a new house, and um, she has quite a few animals. She has dogs and cats, and uh, she has a horse and goats, and so she has quite the a little menagerie going on over there, but um, her her animals are pretty sensitive to strange people and loud noises because they used to live way out in um, kind of a rural area where it was very isolated in some ways, and so a lot of wildlife and, and not a lot of visitors or people, and now they've moved into a, a busier town in Maine, and so the animals are trying to get used to people coming. So... She had an electrician um, at her house for most of the day who had been doing a lot of banging and moving around the house, and three of the animals in particular are sensitive to people and loud noises, so they were very stressed and she could feel it. So at the end of the day, um, usually, so what she says is, I usually offer Reiki to the entire household before I go to sleep, but I decided that evening I would give them separate attention. My cat Molly, who is now 20, can become very stressed to the point of being physically ill when someone other than family is in the house. She had been very vigilant all day and hadn't slept as she usually does. So I settled down near her to begin my meditation. I have to admit, I was a little frazzled myself and was having a hard time calming and focusing. As usual, Molly took over and I could feel a warmth settle over my heart and I was instantly transported into a racing state. The room became very, very quiet and then I could hear the sound of a breeze and the magnificent, large, and very old maples which surround the house. It was as if they had joined in the meditation. I could sense their breathing as well as my own and little Molly's as well, and we were all breathing together. I have a habit of trying too hard to create a Reiki space, and my breathing can become too forced. That night, I realized that I could let go, and if I could get myself out of the way, I could enter into the breath of the universe. As I write this, I can hear the trees beginning to move, and a breeze is coming in through the window as if the trees are saying yes. Molly stayed at a distance during the meditation, but I could hear her breathing becoming slower, and she changed position several times and then finally fell into a deep, healing sleep, very quiet and very peaceful. Then I went into the room where Maria was, who had also been very affected by the electrician. She hadn't rested during the day either and was having a hard time settling down for the night, scratching and very restless. I began the meditation again, and Maria is one of her dogs. I began the meditation again. It was easier this time, thanks to Molly and the trees. Maria gave a big sigh and finally settled down behind me. As the meditation went on, she also fell into a deep sleep. But unlike Molly's quiet, peaceful slumber, Maria's deep healing sleep was one of whimpering and leg movements, breathing in fits and starts, but finally she too quieted and slept peacefully through the night. When the meditation with Maria had ended, she began another meditation with Moses, who was another dog, who had been very concerned about the banging and drilling at the electrician. Moses is a gentle soul and is very troubled by human led noises. As always, when he realized I was going to meditate with him, he came over and settled down next to me. He pressed his body against my legs, and when I placed my hands facing upward, he rested his head in one of them. As I continued to breathe, our breaths synchronized and merged, and we were breathing together, deeply and very peacefully. We stayed that way for a long time, and I could feel both of us receiving healing and being restored by the Reiki and each other. The next morning, they woke up refreshed and stronger. It was a gift to be able to practice the meditation with the three of them, dressed by the same event, but responding differently to it and then responding differently to the Reiki. And it was a gift to feel the trees and the breeze enter into the meditation, reminding me that we are all one and that we are really all are supported by the universe. So I think that was a beautiful experience that Emma had with her animals. And it's it's really interesting, too. No animal is alike. They're all just like people. They're going to experience it differently. But we can let go of our ex- expectations of what should be happening and just be. Then we can allow these things to transpire, like the, the calming, the breathing. And then she was able to connect, you know, with the trees outside her house. And 
And when you're in that space, you can become more sensitive. You become more sensitive to your animal. You become more sensitive to your environment. Maybe you start to hear the birds more. You start to hear the water. So it's a really beautiful place for us to get to just for our own well-being and our own sense of peace. So in this handout in Lesson 2, you practice the Joshin Kokyoho, and there was also the Seishin Toitsu meditation. So Seishin Toitsu, just for a refresher, is the Joshin Kokyoho, you're sitting, you're breathing into your hara, and you're expanding the energy out. Seishin Toitsu, you bring your hands into basho, which your hands you press together like prayer position, and you breathe the light in through your fingertips and down your arms and into your body and into your hara. And it, at first it's kind of hard because you're trying to visualize this breath coming down, coming down your body, down your arms, into your heart, and then back out again the same way out of your hands. And what it does is it stimulates your hands. But what it can do is it can make you a little nervous because you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm not getting this all out in one breath, or it's taking me too long. And it, don't, don't allow yourself to get overwhelmed by that. Just visualize it if you can get the breath down to your heart or not, or if you have to do it in two breaths, that's fine. Just practice it, because what that builds you up to is the next meditation for the next lesson, which is the healing bridge. So this is a meditation that Kathleen created years and years ago with her dog, Dakota, when her dog, Dakota, passed. And um, she wanted to connect with him, and so she created this, this bridge meditation, and she was actually using it in a class for the first time and Dakota came to her, and she realized, you know, that mm. she had really made this for him. And it's a beautiful meditation that I, I'm really excited to hear your experiences because everyone has a different experience, but I know the people who really like the meditation, they always have these really amazing experiences. So there's a couple things I want to say about the bridge meditation. So do your Joshin Kokyoho. Bring your hands into basho, just like you would the taste and twice too. And then breathe that energy in, you know, through your hands. But then you're going to start breathing that energy into your heart. And you're going to see a light from your heart. And you're going to create a beautiful bridge of light from your heart. So a lot of us are very literal, like, oh, my bridge will only go this big. Really, your bridge is it's, it's a bridge, yes, but it is a huge bridge. It could be as big as you want your bridge. Can encompass all animals of the world if you wanted. It's it's not just this narrow little bridge. It is a beautiful bridge of light, and that bridge is filled with your joy, your love, your compassion. It it's filled with understanding, with balance, with all of the good things you have within yourself. That is what fills this beautiful bridge. And this beautiful bridge of light is your own unique bridge. And then you just invite the animals come to the bridge, either put their paw or their hoof on the bridge, or maybe they, they can come up the bridge to you. It's really up to them. You just extend the bridge and extend it out with no expectation and just see who comes. And sometimes, so the reason I bring this up is because I'll have students say, oh, I, I invited so-and-so on the bridge, and then another animal showed up, and I was like, oh, no, this isn't for you. And it's like, hmm. whoever shows up, just let them come on the bridge because if they showed up, that means they want to connect to you or they want healing. They want something with you. So always be sure to be open to the animals coming to you and, and whoever comes is great. So what you want to do in that space is just every breath in and out, you're just feeding this beautiful love and compassionate energy into this bridge and then invite the animals to come in and maybe they come up to your heart. But just do it for a few minutes. Now, having said this about the bridge, when I first learned this bridge meditation, I didn't really resonate with it. It was really hard for me. And um, so if you find that it's hard, don't worry about it. Just go back to the Joshin Kokoho and create the space of light. Because the space of light is the same thing. So if you are breathing in and you breathe out and you create this beautiful bubble of light around you, that's the same thing. It's this beautiful bubble of light feeling light, and you can invite the animal in to share that with you. So if when, you know, because the healing bridge is part of the lesson, if you find it difficult for you, then don't worry. Put it aside and go back to the Joshin Kokoho and just visualize that beautiful healing energy around you and invite your animal in. Because 
the Joshin Kokyo, so these meditations that you're learning, they also coincide with the symbols, and they also coincide with the elements of the symbols. So the first symbol is earth, and your hara is your connection to your earth energy. So the Joshin Kokyo meditation is also your connection to your earth energy. And so that's why they say sit cross-legged, because then you're like um, a triangle, right, with a nice solid base. So when we have a nice solid base, nothing can knock us over. So I think I said before last week, like, you know, we could be the weevil that wobbles. Something will knock you down, but it, you can get right back up. So when we sit and do the Joshin Kokyo meditation, and even when you're sitting, with, if you're sitting in a chair and your legs are firmly on the ground, you're connecting to a strong base so that nothing can knock you over. If your feet are glued to the ground, then nothing is going to knock you. You might sway a little, but you're going to come right back up. And so the next meditation, the healing bridge meditation, it's both a, a meditation of connection, but it's also that more ethereal, more open. It's more in your psychic and spiritual awareness. So you're really kind of opening up that heavenly energy. And the heavenly energy is the sky, is the air, the space. It's a more free-flowing, open, expansive energy. Now, if we're in that energy of expansion before we have grounding, then we're going to get toppled over. So we all know people who are psychic or really spiritual, and they're kind of up in the clouds, right? They're like, la, 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 la. And so they don't have a lot of grounding. So things can topple them over. But when you practice the Joshin Kokyoho and then you practice the Safe and Toitsu and the Healing Bridge, you're connecting to that heavenly energy also. So you've got your foundation, but then you're also expanding. But in that space, if the Healing Bridge doesn't appeal to you, when you create that beautiful space of openness with your light, you're sitting there doing Joshin Kokyoho, you're creating that foundation, but you're also expanding your energy out. That also is another expansion. So you are bringing in that heavenly energy. So, again, it's a balance, but everything we learn is all about the earth, the heaven, the sky energy, and then that energy of connection. So when we go into the symbols and mantras, which is really fun, it's my favorite part of the class, you're going to find that, again, the, the first symbol is for earth, the second symbol is for sky and heaven energy, and the third symbol is that symbol of connection. So, again, it's like bringing those two energies together within you, and then you can really connect. So when we bring in that earth energy, the stability, that's very appealing to animals because we're, we're grounded, we're stable. And then we bring in that open heart energy where we're expanded, and we have no attachments to anything. We have no expectations of them. Then that's really beautiful for them. And then those energies mix within our heart, and either it's, it's a bridge of light or it's a rainbow of light. If you'd rather do a rainbow, you can do that. And in that five powerful meditations called Kill Your Animal, there's a beautiful rainbow meditation. So you can just imagine instead of a healing bridge, in this exercise, you could just imagine a rainbow. And it's the same concept. The animal would come on the rainbow and come and join you in your heart. But they're all different ways to get to the same place as you're going to see throughout the class that these meditations that we learn are really all different ways to get to the same place. So when you learn the symbols, the mantras, that's the chanting that goes with the symbols, that's another way to do the same thing as the Joshin Kokyoho or the Faith and Sosu. Then you're going to be doing um, the chanting for Chokurei, which is O-U-A-E, and then you do Seheki, A-E-A-E, and then you do Hong Shang so there, those, that's a different way to get to the same place. Or maybe you draw the symbols, and then you still, you're connecting to the earth energy, the sky energy, and then that beautiful connection energy. And then with, even with the precepts, so do not anger. Anger is a very grounding energy. And then do not fear and worry. Well, we worry, right, with our mind. And so that, that so if we can let those go, already just by saying those two precepts, we're getting the groundedness by saying do not anger be grounded, be stable, do not worry, let go of all that fear, clear your mind, be open, and then be compassionate to yourself, and be true to your way and your being, that is from your heart center, 
And that's really the space we're trying to get to. So all of these different ways that we're learning in this class are going to bring us together in the same space. So practice these, these two meditations, the, the, um, the Reiki space, which is the Joshi Kokoho, and then the healing bridge. That's in your next handout. And then also in your next handout, it's all about self-healing. There's some hand positions. There's also hand positions for other people that, you know, none of us is Sarah. We, we've all learned from Kathleen and from Franz. None of us do, um, like, regular hand positions because we're taught that your hands should just go wherever they need to go. So even when you're doing the chair position, if you can't remember the hand positions for the head, just focus all, you know, on the top of the head, on the sides of the head, and on the shoulders. You don't have to remember that hands go one in front, one in back of the head, or anything like that. Just You can just lightly touch someone's the top of their head, maybe their temples, and then always touching on the shoulders is a really wonderful thing to do because you're really grounding the person when you're touching on their shoulders, and you're getting that really beautiful, grounded energy going. So that's something I really want you guys to practice, and it is in your... Um, your handout or your lesson for next week. And then just read through, look at the self-healing, and again, you know, practice the precepts, put your hands on you, and just kind of let go and see what comes up. And if you do hands-on on someone else, just kind of go where your hands are guided and put them wherever they go. And if an animal comes up to you, to like, like the little cat did to Jane, it came and bumped her hand, you know, put your hand out and see where they want to be touched. And maybe you stay in that meditative space with one hand on the animal, or maybe you kind of like bring yourself slowly out of your meditation. But just remember to see that calm, beautiful energy like Jane was. You know, she honored the animal by him coming up and wanting to engage, and it was a very gentle coming up. Sometimes animals, when they're done with the treatment, they come in and they go, okay, it's done. And, and they like start playing really crazy, and it's like, Stop doing what you're doing and just let's, let's focus. Let's not make this so intense. And that's okay, too. That's how they show us sometimes that the Reiki treatment's over. It's like, okay, they shake and go, okay, enough. That's enough of that. And, you know, as a person, sometimes you've had enough. It's like someone's giving you Reiki or doing massage, and you're like, okay, I, I've had enough. This is, I, I'm going now. So it's the same kind of thing. Just be aware, be open to what the animals are trying to tell you. And I can't believe we only had the three of you. We have, like, I think eight people in this class, and, and already the time just, like, blew. I know. <laughs> it goes so fast. Like, so fast. So fast. So I just, um, does anyone have any quick questions before we hang up tonight? Anything that they need explanations on? I know Michelle wrote to me about, um, in the handout, it mentions Tan Tien, which is also another word kind of for your, and I think, Michelle, I think I'll send everybody that article. Did you get a chance to read it? I did not yet. Okay, that's perfect. Then I'm going to send that, I think, in, um, in, the, in the next uh, email because it is an interesting article, and it just talks about different words for the energetic centers that the Japanese have, so if you all want to read it. But, but here I am talking again. So does anyone have any questions before we hang up for the night? I have a connecting question. This is Michelle. Sure. So okay, what's the relationship or is there a relationship between your lower hara or tantien and the sacral chakra? Well, I don't know because I don't know chakras, but I think it is kind of the same thing. I mean, isn't the, the sacral chakra like your grounding? Isn't that foregrounding? Your sacral chakra is in your lower abdomen and then your root chakra Oh, your root chakra. Well, so so the heart system is just three, right? But they kind right. of encompass like certain areas of like maybe the chakra system. I mean, we don't. I don't know because I don't know the chakra system. But I do know like the hara is like connects your hara, connects to your original energy, connect to the earth, and and letting go of you know anger or just kind of trying to bring yourself into that very grounded space. It's almost as if the hara or the dantian is a combination of both the root and the sacral. Right, right. So right, yeah. If, if you really areas. look at the chakra, it, it's almost as if it sort of encompasses both. I, I, I think it's just two different ways of, of 
of viewing well, the it's, energy systems in the body. Exactly, exactly. And so we're doing the Japanese to just, like, let go of, of everything, really, and focus more. You don't even have to focus necessarily, like, on the Tara, like, you know, energetic centers. You can just focus on how does it feel when I connect to my belly and feel grounded? How does it feel when I connect to my heart? How does it feel when I connect to my, you know, your third eye, your, your you know, your, your mind? your psychic and spiritual energy up there. So you can focus more like on just those feelings of groundedness and openness and and clarity and expansion and then that connectedness. But it's all, at first, it's kind of hard, you know, because we have so much going through our minds. But as you practice it, it'll get easier. And I think that when you do the chanting, you're going to find that you'll let go of those energetic centers and the chanting will help bring that energy to you so you don't even need to focus on your energy center. You're going to focus on that chanting and what it brings inside of you. Mm. Probably that helps. Um, does that answer it? Sure. Good enough. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough for now. Yeah. I'm such a great teacher. I don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> I just know what happens when I practice. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I so appreciate your time, and it was wonderful connecting with you. And Michelle, Jennifer, Jane, all have a great week. And everyone who couldn't be on the call, I apologize if it was talk shoe. I am so sorry. Jane and I both had a hard time getting on. Um, so hopefully next week when things start to settle down, maybe we'll all be able to be on the call. So thank Thanks, you Leah. Thank you very week. much. Good night, night, all. Good night. Good night. Good night.